Welcome to Lifelines. I'm Joe Panetta, President and CEO of Biocom California, the state's life science association bringing unparalleled advocacy, experience, and best practices to the industry in California and around the world. In this podcast, we give you access to industry leaders for candid one-on-one conversations about their career journeys and the latest innovations so that you can keep up with the pulse of what's happening in life science today. Thank you for joining us. This episode of Lifelines starts now. Welcome to Lifelines. I'm your host, Bob McGriff, and we're here today with Dr. Stanley Lewis, CEO and founder of A28 Therapeutics in San Diego. Stanley and his team are focused on a novel treatment for multiple types of cancers using a new oncolytic peptide platform. He was named one of the most influential people in San Diego by the San Diego Business Journal in November of 2022. And last spring, he was the guest speaker at Biocom California's inaugural Black Biotech Trailblazers event panel. The overwhelming response in San Diego led to the expanded series in the Bay Area a few months later. Stanley is dedicated to developing technology that can unlock new ways to treat devastating disease and advocating for diversity and equity across the biotech industry. Dr. Lewis, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. That, that guy there sounds really cool. I uh, <laughs> right? hope I can live up to all that. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's, why don't we start there? You've got such an interesting story and career path up to this point. Uh, how did you make the leap from academia, uh, clinical research, uh, to now leading biotech startups? Well, you know, I'm from Texas. I uh, studied at the University of Texas Medical School at Houston, where I did my internship, residency, and fellowship, and then joined the faculty. And on the faculty, I did what faculty members do, right? I saw patients, I taught residents and students, and I did clinical research. And the clinical research was actually the, the most rewarding and the most fun for me. And I had an opportunity while working on a clinical trial for treating patients with HIV disease to work with a molecule that was a monoclonal antibody. And that's kind of odd for treatment of HIV. And uh, <clears throat> the study went swimmingly well. And uh, one of the things that impressed me was uh, when I spoke to some of my patients who I'd enrolled in the trial, is they said, Doc, this is the first time you've ever given me a drug that made me, you know, didn't make me feel worse than having the HIV disease at all. And and I actually, you know, it worked. It lowered my viral load. So I was really impressed by that. Well, the company that was developing that drug happened to be right there in Houston, Texas, where I was. Uh, and I guess they were impressed with my work. So they recruited me away from academia to come to the crazy, topsy-turvy world of biotech. And so um, now that you're here, uh, <laughs> how did it uh, come about to actually taking over the reins of A28 Therapeutics? Well, that's another interesting story because um, not so unlike my, my leap from academia to, uh, uh, to biotech, I was you know, doing great. We'd just gotten our uh, drug approved for a treatment of HIV disease uh, from a f- former company. And the CEO that had recruited me out of academia came and recruited me again. She said, uh, hey, you know, I knew you were, you were great when I got you out of University of Texas and I've got a new company out here in California. Why don't you come and help me by being my chief medical officer? And I kind of hemmed and hawed for a while, but 
hey, who doesn't love San Diego? So I eventually came on out. While there at that uh, company, uh, we were developing a drug for treatment of uh, hospitalized influenza. And, uh, well, I like to say when COVID came along, it sort of cured <laughs> cured the flu. <laughs> Nobody was getting the flu. And even if you did get the flu, you wouldn't dare show up at the hospital for fear you'd get COVID, right? Um, but, uh, but one of the other things that we were doing while I was there at that, at that company was we were looking for other products to end license. And I found this one that I really liked. It was interesting to me because it was like a antibiotic that had been retooled to treat cancer. And I thought that was absolutely fascinating. Unfortunately, I couldn't get anyone at the company to, to agree with me. And so they decided to pass on out licensing. And the company that was developing that product, uh, they knew I really liked it. So they asked me to come down and join them. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I like your product, but I'm not so sure about your company. And after I looked under the hood and kicked the tires a little bit, I said, oh, not sure I want to do this. Uh, but I, I tell you what I can do. I can start my own company and take this asset off your hands. And lo and behold, <laughs> they said yes. I was like, oh my God, now I need to start my own company and, uh, and, and get ready to, uh, you know, get ready to develop this product. And I was just going to license the one, uh, the one agent that I really like. But uh, lo and behold, after talking to a bunch of lawyers and all this other stuff, they said, you know what, you just, just buy the whole company. So, uh, so I did an asset purchase, became founder of A28 Therapeutics, and we're off to the races. A28 Therapeutics, interesting name. Where did, where did that come from? Well, I wish I had a good story to tell about how we named the company, uh, but the truth is, um, well, you know, I'm from Texas, and a lot of times people, when I tell them the name of the company is A28 Therapeutics, they think I say 828. And so they think it's from the Bible, right? They think it's, you know, Romans 8, 28, and all things work together for good. And I'm like, doggone it, I wish I had a story that was that good. Uh, but the truth is, our lead molecule's got 28 amino acids. So uh, so eight to A28 was just a, a name that we came up with, uh, uh, sort of paying homage to our, to our lead product. And it's really cool because when your company's name starts with an A and and a letter, you know, A is the letter, is first letter, and 28 is the, is the number. It comes at the first of every alphabetical order. So, <laughs> so it does have some, some benefit beyond uh, just, uh, just describing the molecule. Well, let's talk about that. I know it's a, it's a new technology, new platform. Uh, you're in the uh, clinical stage area. Yes. Uh, tell us more about that. Yeah, so the, the product that we're developing is a targeted oncolytic peptide. Yeah, I sort of made that word up. But, uh, <laughs> but it's a lot, like I said, like an antibiotic that's been retooled to, to treat cancer. It's got a 10 amino acid targeting unit. In this case, it's the LHRH hormone, luteinizing hormone, releasing hormone. And it's got an 18 amino acid lytic peptide. Uh, this is a highly positively charged molecule that is attracted to the negative charge that you find on cancer cells. Basically, this molecule has been demonstrated to have a great effect on ovarian cancers. And for that matter, this target is found on lots of different kinds of cancers. So we're pursuing it both for ovarian cancer and for hepatocellular carcinoma in patients who have late stage disease. And so, and you talked about this a little bit earlier, but I thought it was uh, really important. Uh, kind of the common denominator there between the HIV treatments and the cancer treatments was just the patient's feel awful. Yes. Right? Oh my gosh. And, yes. and this is a little bit different or, or some, uh, yeah, we're sort of going off of that same, 
Well, I should probably go back and say one of the things that really took me away from academia into this drug development arena was the idea that we could do better. I felt terrible for my HIV patients because they had the, you know, the horrible decision to either take the toxic medications that I was prescribing for them that would help them live longer or not take the toxic medications and die of AIDS. And that's just a terrible place to be. And I think oncology patients in some ways find themselves in the same position. Most chemotherapy medications have lots of toxic side effects, and that's a very, very difficult decision to decide whether I'm going to continue taking these medications that may or may not help me live longer or whether I'll just succumb to the disease. And so one of the things that drives me now in being founder and CEO of my company and trying to develop better drugs is that I want to make sure that our drugs are safe. I want to make sure that we are offering patients a real choice, a choice of taking a medication that they can tolerate as well as a medication that will help them get better. And uh, you completed phase two and now into some phase three? Yeah. So um, so it's interesting, you know, sort of funny thing happened on the way to the forum. <laughs> Always <laughs> you know, does. Phase right? two <laughs> trials can be um, uh, can be tricky. And, uh, and this was before I came along, so let me put that out there. Uh, but uh, suffice to say that the phase two trial with this particular agent, uh, we had a bit of a, a disappointing outcome, didn't meet its primary endpoint. But like all phase two trials, it did teach a lot of things. Uh, in fact, I considered a rip roaring success because it did the three things that you really want a phase two trial to do. It showed you that the drug was safe in the patient population. It gave you a real good clue as to what the dose should be. And it also showed you where the efficacy signal was. So when you get those three things out of a phase two trial, you've really checked all the boxes relative to the objectives. And that way, when you go into your phase three, which is what, uh, what we hope to do, certainly go into a ne our next phase, be a registrational trial, uh, we know exactly how to, to pursue this drug to get the most out of it and be the most benefit to patients. So uh, the lesson there, be resilient. Uh, stay focused. Right? Stay focused. Be resilient. I mean, uh, you know, drug development. Most most medications actually don't make it. So that's uh, you know that that's no consolation prize to the to investors or or to, or to the patients for that matter. Uh, but but you know, drug development is certainly a very humbling uh, a career choice. Uh, and so you have to be very resilient if you're going to do this. Uh, and it's really rewarding when you you know when you get one that that works and really really helps folks. Um, but, um, but don't be surprised if, you know, if there's going to be some twists and turns along the way. Yeah. Well, and you've been in San Diego now, what, three, four years uh, coming from Houston. Yeah. What are your thoughts uh, over the past three years on the, the life science ecosystem here in San Diego? You know, I love it here. This is really great. Um, in lots of ways, I find this ecosystem to be incredibly warm and welcoming. Uh, it's very collaborative. Uh, you can always, there's someone that, you know, you talk to someone and you tell them what your problems are and they say, hey, you know, I can hook you up with this fellow or that fellow or this vendor or that vendor uh, who they know who can, who can, you know, has exactly what you need to get you over your hump. Um, so I found the, the San Diego uh, uh, biotech ecosystem and this whole space in general to be incredibly, uh, incredibly collaborative. And, uh, probably one of the places we can do better as, as an ecosystem is, is diversity in biotech. Yes, I, you know, I think that's a problem. It's not, certainly not unique to San Diego, uh, but you know, biotech does need to, to tackle this problem. I think it, it really boils down to two areas, two broad areas. Um, you know, one is clinical trials. Uh, we, we, we don't do a really good job of uh, recruiting minority patients and women into our clinical trials. 
Uh, in fact, you mentioned the uh, the biotech trailblazer event that I did last spring here uh, for Biocom. And after that event, and I talked a little bit about some diversity issues at, at that event, and one of the guests came up to me after it was over, and she said, you know, I really liked what you said. Let's go do something about that. And I said, sure, let's do it. Sure enough, she called me, and we got after two or three conversations, we founded a new group that was going to tackle the biotech issues with diversity in clinical trials. We've come up with this really cool card where we take every drug that's approved by the FDA each year, we look through their, uh, their, their public filing, their public data, and see how well they did in terms of diversity. And the, the goal is to sort of highlight, hey, look, we've got some issues here. Let's talk about ways that we can improve them. And I'm surprised. Sometimes you'll be, you, you know, companies are doing really well, and, and they're making sure that they're recruiting across color and gender and age ranges. And sometimes oh, there's some challenges there, so there's still some work to be done. So diversity in clinical trials is one issue. I think the other issue is diversity in our workforce. Uh, and when we think about our workforce, that really talks about you know, hiring minority and female employees, promoting those employees, making sure that all those employees are in your company are having their voices heard and they're having the opportunity to sit at the table and, and, and make decisions. And that makes the biotech company a lot stronger. Uh, and sort of a subset of that, I would say, is, is, is minority founders. And, and entrepreneurs. Uh, we don't do a very good job of supporting and funding companies that are started by minority and women founders. And that's another area where I think, you know, the biotech industry can, can focus, and I'm sure we can do better. And speaking of founders and entrepreneurship, you, you made that, that would leap. Be me. <laughs> and that's a, it's a, as you that know. That was sort of self-serving <laughs> for me to say that, right? But uh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And, and as you know, uh, a different skill set there, uh, different challenges maybe that you haven't taken on before. Uh, a lot of founders, researchers, scientists listening to this podcast, uh, what would be your advice to them on making that jump into a business owner rather than just on the uh, the clinical research side. Wow. I'm not sure I'm in a good enough position to give advice just yet, but I can tell you this, you know, for me, one of the big sort of shocking things was, is there's just really no blueprint for what you're about to undertake. This is not for the faint of heart. Uh, and, you know, I've tried to read some books and certainly I've talked to lots of folks, but at the end of the day, you're really blazing your own trail. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's innovation uh, because of the industry, but it's also uh, it's innovation in terms of how you're, um, you know, the, the company that you're building. It has to be the right people. It has to be the right, you know, sort of mesh and you sort of find ways to work together. You've got to find all the right resources. It's, um, it's not easy, uh, but it sure is a lot of fun. Yeah. You can, like you said, talk to everybody. Uh, Call Biocom, call everybody, right, to get some yes. advice. But really, it's- I've uh, got Biocom got, on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> you have to really learn from doing in, in, in this process. Right. I mean, you mentioned it. Resilience is the key, and not just in terms of, you know, uh, you know, taking your lumps when it comes to drug development, but also, you know, uh, getting over the bumps as it relates to, to building a company. It's, uh, it's all, part of the, all part of the process. Well, Dr. Lewis, uh, best of luck coming up here with A28 Therapeutics. And thanks so much for being here today. Really appreciate it. Great to see you again. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the first season of Lifelines. 
For more information on Dr. Stanley Lewis and A28 Therapeutics, visit a28therapeutics.com. If you're a life science company looking to join Biocom California or be featured on this podcast, email us at podcast at biocom.org.